0: feature presentation what's up everybody welcome to episode 123 of the untitled movie podcast i am one of your hosts matt roerbeck alongside he's allergic to tomatoes but he is tomato meter approved eric marchin
1: matt you're getting ready to fly out to croatia getting married uh it's okay. wild, wild why, are you, stuff. why are you recording right now <laughs>
0: I you know we <laughs> that's a great question. I'm leaving tomorrow, as you guys are listening to this. I'm already there, hopefully, knock on wood um hopefully everything at the airport was fine. no delays, no cancellations, all that stuff Because uh, at Pearson airport's supposedly a nightmare right now, which great. can't wait for that. You guys can't um, catch a
1: break, really.
0: It's you know what I, I feel like. What I'm, what I'm happy about is that the security might be a nightmare. We'll see. But every time they say security is a nightmare, I go there and security is really fast. Like when our flight to um, L.A. that we went to in November, security was a little bit of a nightmare and they made us wait in like a holding pen until they allowed us to go to security. And then it was customs that took forever. Remember? And then like, I got caught behind someone who like three people in a row got taken away to the back room. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I picked the wrong person. Uh, They let me through when I eventually got there, but um, we made it to a a white man, Matt. Yeah. That is also (laughs) true. I am very privileged. And yeah, Um, we made it to our, our gate, like literally as the plane was. leaving. Yeah. We 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 had no time
1: to get coffee. And like,
0: Three and a half hours early and we still got there like 10 minutes before our flight left. I know,
1: which was so weird because they kind of just kept us in this like sort of waiting room and told us, okay, we'll you know, we'll get you going through customs closer to, you know, your flight. And it kind of felt like they were overlapping with like a bunch of other flights and sort of when you went through customs and saw like – you know how many people were in line it was just like we need to we needed to get nexus cards like we needed to become part of the i know i'm groups. thinking
0: about i'm uh, thinking about that for if we go on more trips and stuff for uh you know our the stuff that we do but yeah. uh, that doesn't help for european trips but anyways my point being flying to europe so you don't go through customs until you land so at least you skip that part Right, um, which I, I like the convenience of going through customs here for for shorter trips to uh, like the U.S. and stuff like that, but because it's done um, and you're you're, you're on, yeah you just your way. you you're on your way right. But um, flying to Europe, we do it when we get there. Um, but we're still gonna go like pretty damn early. I'm I'm always an early airport guy. Like I'm already in dad mode where it's like get to the airport four hours early. Let's go. Uh, just because I'd rather get there early than be rushing at the end. So. <laughs> i'm pretty pretty well like packed and everything like i i'm not i'm like nervous about the whole thing uh obviously getting married but then traveling for the first time and you know we did that 24 hour trip which i guess it's a longer flight this this is nine hours instead of six i guess um but it's over water That's also true. But I've done this trip so many times with Nevis, but she hasn't traveled anywhere in three years. So like, and I think it's just like, it's a lot more because we're going for three weeks. So the luggage is bigger. I have a a tuxedo I need to bring. Nevis has a wedding dress she has to bring. Um, So it's just like a lot of extra kind of shit that makes it even like traveling is exciting, but stressful because you just want to make sure you have everything. And And that you still have everything
1: when, when you're over there, right?
0: Yeah. And all of that shit. So uh, looking forward to it, leave tomorrow. As you guys are listening to this, I'm there probably. Um, you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter at Matt Roarbeck. I'll be posting shit, uh, constantly probably photos being obnoxious stories, different things like that. So wedding day, not for a couple weeks, but, um, but I'm excited, man. It should be good. So, um, we're going to try to see some, I, I always love when I'm on vacation too, that, uh, I try to see movie theaters in like whatever town I'm in. Like I like to see either older ones or local ones, or, um, there's a brand new theater in Pula, which kind of just looks like a multiplex to be honest, but I'm still, it's brand new. So we'll probably, end up going there and seeing maybe jurassic world which we'll get to in a sec which you saw Um, half of
1: uh jurassic world fallen kingdom so there's symmetry there you know there
0: is yeah just see two horrible fucking jurassic world movies in in croatia um we'll we'll talk to that in a sec we'll talk about that in a sec um but other than that man yeah just i'm almost ready to go so uh so so there's gonna
1: be so your trip is gonna have a whole lot more but is it gonna have a whole lot morbius and what i mean by that are you gonna watch morbius on the plane because i'm sure it's uh, a movie to watch on the plane i'm
0: sure it is i loaded my uh that's a good question actually Eric. like what am i gonna do on the plane i have too many electronic devices am i bringing my nintendo switch am i bringing my ipad am i bringing my laptop Am I bringing everything, basically? Um, I I loaded my laptop, which I'm on right now. So I guess I could just open the Apple TV app and see what I loaded on here. I loaded all the Jurassic Park movies because I'm like, you know, if I'm on a plane for nine hours, maybe I catch up with them before I see the new one. Um, so I loaded those on there. Uh, I also loaded uh, the first season of or the only season of Devs. I loaded nice. um, <clears throat> some documentaries. So I loaded... Three Identical Strangers, uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor, uh, Life Itself, um, as well as Bloody Nose Empty Pockets. Yeah. Um, I loaded uh, Brightburn because I still hadn't seen Brightburn and The Death of Dick Long. So I loaded a couple movies I hadn't seen yet. Uh, I loaded Clue, the movie. I don't know why, but I loaded Clue. I loaded Days of Thunder because I just, you know, after top gun i'm like i kind of am in the mood another tony scott tom cruise uh feature uh last night uh i loaded uh on there as well as speed racer and i think that's it so i loaded those and then i loaded some stuff on my ipad as well because you can't load anything from crave or netflix on a laptop you can only load it to like an iPhone or an iPad. So I loaded RRR on Netflix. Nice, uh, which I've wanted to watch. No, you uh, should.
1: Al- we should also say with that because I, I, I do want to watch that on Netflix as well. But it is the Hindi playing
0: version. the Royal. Yeah,
1: yeah. The, now the Royal is playing yeah. the the Tollywood version.
0: Oh, well, there's yeah. two different. What's the difference? Sorry. So
1: the it, uh, language, uh, the language. Really? Yeah.
0: So the one that. Uh, is playing the Royal is the original language. of Yes.
1: It? Yeah. The proper okay. version. Yeah. Peter Kaplowski mm-hmm. and uh, Justin DeClue have been um, very strong advocates of, of that since it came out. Cause Does
0: is it have the option for the original language on Netflix? No, no,
1: it's only, it's only uh, the, the Hindi version. That's been one of the things that a lot of people have been complaining about with,
0: I noticed that right away. Cause I put it on. And then I was like, why don't the voices match? Yeah. And that's just my ignorance. I did not realize. Like, I I just originally, I watched the first couple minutes just to test it or whatever. And I, I, I didn't, didn't either
1: until listening. Yeah. So uh, one of the podcasts I listened to is the Important Cinema Club podcast with Justin DeClew and Will Sloan. And they saw this movie back in, I think it was like March, because it was only playing, like, it was playing theatrically throughout the US because it was kind of this box office crossover movie this tollywood's like you know film that kind of just was becoming a huge sort of sensation but then on top of that here there's something where there's the uh, the the studio that released it didn't have a deal with like cineplex or landmark or any sort of major chain so the only theater that it was playing at was like one out in mississauga um so it so, did get a
0: small theatrical a very small release say.
1: because a lot of of the the bollywood and hollywood movies do that do get released usually end up playing in toronto at young and dundas um but this didn't because i kept looking for it every week i was yeah like, same man i was like this kind of like everything that everybody's talking about this like they're Again, like they're saying it's like everything everywhere all at once or like that kind of like spectacle of like it puts mm-hmm. other action movies to shame. And then I was going to watch it last week on on Netflix when it was available. And then realized
0: it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I still kind of do and, and I want to compare and contrast. But it's also – I'm not as well-versed in Bollywood and Tollywood cinema. So yeah. it does kind of feel overwhelming. But everything I've seen about it and heard, I, I'm very excited to watch it. Same. But, I'm but now I'm like do Royal. I want to –
0: I would love to go, but I'm gone. If I wasn't, if I wasn't on this trip, I probably would have bought a ticket. It's going to gonna go, sell out too. Like, like, yeah. like it'll it's be a blast. This, yeah. Like it'll be a blast. Like with Peter doing it. And, and um, yeah, I, I, I didn't know that. So now I'm like, do I wait until I can see the like original kind of language? Um, because you know, I, yeah, I think I might wait then. I don't know. That's weird why they don't give you that option. Like,
1: that Netflix is very max.
0: strange. <laughs> that is super strange. Um, so maybe I'll watch that. I loaded uh, the first season of hacks uh, on the, from HBO Dream smart. Um, yep. And uh, I would love to get, uh, hopefully I can have access to Barry while I'm there too. That's like the one thing on the finale. I'm like, fuck, I got to find that on Sunday. They have HBO max in Croatia, but like, I don't know if I can sign up for like a free trial or something while I'm there or, or something like that. But Um yeah, when it comes to content on the trip, it's just like they have HBO Max. Disney Plus is launching on June 14th in Croatia. So I don't have to miss out on Ms. Marvel or uh Obi-Wan while I'm there. Because if they did if they didn't have it, I guess I could have used a VPN or something, but I don't love doing that. But and it's usually like just slows the internet down way, way too much, or you gotta pay for it and shit. But um so yeah man i don't know like when it comes to watching stuff like i'll watch some stuff randomly i'm bringing my apple tv with me because like <clears throat> just to have something that i can plug into the tvs that at because we're jumping around to different places and things like that not that i'm gonna sit in our room and watch much tv but it's just like at night and different things like that like yeah when I you're lying in bed shoot.
1: and thinking about uh <clears throat> bieber brew you know
0: yeah I mean, what, yeah, we had Beebs Brew. Let's, let's move over to that. That's the most I, important. So, one,
1: one last question I wanted to ask you about. Yeah. Um, are, are you and Nevis um, sitting together and alone or, or do you have somebody sitting like in between you or next to you? Ah, That's
0: a good question. We check in actually tonight. So, I should have a better idea. What we ended up doing was we paid for like, um, like premium economy kind of thing like option plus premium on, dude
1: premium. Uh, just
0: so that way we got our bag we got to pick our seat we get like a little alcoholic beverage we get like a little priority service kind of thing because we wanted to make sure with nevis's wedding dress and different things like that like um that we and i'm glad we both got bags because originally we were like, oh, we'll just share one. <laughs> that was a horrible idea because we've been packing the last couple of days. I'm like, there's no way we could have shared one. Um, absolutely not. So um, right now, there's we picked an aisle seat and a window seat and hoping no one picks the middle seat in between us or, or gets the middle seat in between us. Right. It's a risk because uh, someone obviously could get the middle seat in between us. Um, <clears throat> so I'm well, you hoping – We know what they say like, about
1: risk. Always bet on black.
0: Yeah. And then I just, say, uh, right? <laughs> I, I don't know, <laughs> maybe at a casino or, um, and then I'm hoping maybe if we tell them like we're heading to get married and things like that, maybe they'll give us a little bit of a being like, okay, we'll make sure that no one's sitting there. Maybe give wiggle us like, there's a little wiggle room. Yeah. 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 so um yeah we'll see it's a nine-hour flight we've done it many times before but um i'm looking forward to it man it'll just be excited to see a bunch of my family in croatia and different things like that and them have a a lot of them haven't traveled to like a they've gone to like resorts in england and stuff like that but i think like it's a little like my sister and my parents they've never gone to like a country where you know english isn't the first language so it's like it's a a little bit of a learning curve but everyone's pretty good And, and most people do speak english in in a lot of europe so unless you're in smaller towns and things like that so
1: well that's even in, in canada right like there yeah. there are places in quebec like if you go to small sort of like villages or, or smaller communities they don't english is not the first language so mm-hmm.
0: yeah exactly so it's like in the major touristy places that everyone's going i'm like guys don't worry Dubrovnik
1: like, and things like that. you
0: got to think like europe kind of looks like they they understand that you sort of that English is the dominant language and it's very beneficial to them to learn English. Unlike us morons in North America, where we only learn English, we don't learn anything else.
1: Well, I mean, English and French, but English is always in Canada. How much French do you know? Very little. Yeah, Uh, exactly. And then the U S it's, it's Spanish. Spanish Spanish. Yeah.
0: I get that. We all have a sec. There is a second language. I'm just saying like in, in Europe, everyone makes it. everyone
1: there are no like uh, yeah
0: uh in europe a lot of people you go oh i'm going to learn english because it'll be super beneficial where yeah. we're like all i need is english like over here where i would love to like luckily nevis knows Croatian, so it makes it a lot easier for us but uh eric biebs brew baby so today we're going to talk about uh the buzz Lightyear press conference we went to we'll get to that soon eric's going to talk a little bit about jurassic world dominion um which i haven't seen but he has so oh, we'll talk God. about that since we're not doing a review of it this will kind of be our uh review even though you don't have to give it a score but you can and One. i already know what it is <laughs> okay um and and more random stuff so we're just gonna kind of shoot the shit because this will be the last episode we record before i take off uh eric beebs brew launched launched this week um, and I want to say like, t- it's, it's a w- awkward time. Cause we can poke fun at this and stuff. But was like, Oh, we had Biebs Rue. It's kind of a silly promotion with Tim Hortons. I actually weirdly on, when we were driving out, I saw that Justin Bieber had to cancel a bunch of his concerts recently. And because he's of facial
1: like, paralysis. Yeah.
0: Because he has like a viral infection that's like related to chicken pox, maybe kind of, and it lies dormant in you and can like five in a hundred thousand people. It kind of. Uh, reappears and does this. I, I don't know the exact name for it. I was reading it earlier, but like. Which is awful. Uh, yeah. It, it's it's awful. awful. I like, yeah. again, I'm. We're he's, making he's fun of those... Tim
1: Hortons more so than anything else. Yeah. And you know what? I like actually think it's a. Young people in.
0: <laughs> and I think it's a clever partnership. And I actually have liked Justin Bieber more as I've gotten older and as he's gotten older. Um, and him being, you know, a huge fan of the Toronto Maple Leafs and just. Um, and things like that, where I had, like, when we were young, it was. Fun to make fun of Justin Bieber, right? And he was, uh, but now I'm I'm fine with it, and I think that Tim Hortons partnership is actually really funny and interesting and weird, um, and it is like one of those like how do you do, fellow kids kind of thing, yeah. like from Tim Hortons. But yeah, I, I mean, I hope Justin Bieber gets well soon. I know. Um, our friend Mike is, is a big fan too. And he had tickets to his, his concert and, and it's been like postponed twice and, and that stuff sucks. And especially dealing with a health issue like that, like you don't want to see anyone go through that. So, um, just hope he gets well soon. But yeah, Beebs Brew. So we talked about Tim Beebs a, a little while ago. I think we talked about them on this show because uh, I got them. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm a sucker for a collab. I'm a sucker for a branded package. I'm a sucker. I haven't bought any merch or anything, but like I'm just a sucker for crap like this. Uh, you know, I had to try the Frosty Chino when it came out. You know, any new thing that that pops off at a fast food place or a coffee place, I'm like, if it's like a a silly branded thing, like Starbucks comes out with a new drink, what every week it seems. Well, the like. Batman as well, right? Like, oh yeah, I had to get the Batman calzone and and things <laughs> like that. So we both had of uh, uh, some Beebs brew this week. Um, Eric, what did you think? Because I thought it tasted like cold brew with vanilla. <laughs>
1: i also think it tasted exactly as i expected a tim hortons french vanilla uh cold brew to taste which was mediocre at best and i feel like the combination of sweet but not too sweet but then kind of chased with a bitter kind of classic
0: coffee coffee
1: taste actually didn't work well at all with this like tim even when tim hortons is kind of cutting the the sugary sweetness or the syrup or whatever they're using it still is overly sweet and so when you have that juxtaposition from you know the classic kind of like sugary cream to the kind of like classic cold brew coffee taste it just it's it's like going it's like going from one extreme to another too quickly and it's just like you, it, it kind of just Did you like mix your yours
0: beer. all together cuz they it I did I, well like, I tried
1: yeah. I tried it
0: cuz then uh, you're just getting a mouthful of vanilla cream like I saw like unless you stir it together No like,
1: I I tried it once or, yeah. or, 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 the first sip you got the, the mouthful of vanilla cream yeah. and then Yeah but then you I mixed to it together it. and then it's I was still kind of yeah it was better but it was still it's still exactly what I expected it to be, which was kind of it
0: just tastes like vanilla ice coffee. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like I thought it was perfectly fine. Like, and and this is silly. We just like talking about dumb collaborations and, and especially cold brew. Like that's what excited me. I am a big cold brew boy. I I've been, I've been on the cold brew, brew train for boo. a long ass time. <laughs> and um, You're my cold brew, I brew <laughs> for someone we're showing our age too, when we talk about all this stuff, but like, um regular coffee gives me bad acid reflux and why I love cold brew is that it's way less acidic and I just feel like it's stronger uh has way more caffeine usually like cold brew to normal uh coffee and um I just I like that it's more it feels it's like chocolatey kind of even though it's not chocolate it's very bitter um I love cold brew uh with a little bit of oat milk that's my go-to. That's oh, this isn't cold brew. This is McDonald's iced coffee, which, which is which is the funniest thing about um, this whole we're having this yeah, conversation. Yeah, and people that are watching a, this. You know what? I just love iced coffee no matter where it comes from. And I know you're the same. Where yeah. I, I am picky. Like I prefer a, a Starbucks Trenta cold brew with oat milk. That's my go-to. Um and I I'll I'll take an iced coffee from anywhere. I just prefer now not to have cream or, or lactose again. Showing that I'm an, an old fogey, being like, "Oh, milk hurts my tummy. I need oat milk." Um, so
1: <laughs> you're just, an, you're an old timey prospector now. Yeah.
0: So I don't know. I, I'll drink iced coffee from anywhere, but Tim Hortons cold brew <laughs> I find better than their iced coffee. Like I feel like their iced coffee is garbage. Oh, it's coffee, bad. Their coffee is garbage, and um, and I I shit on Tim Hortons a lot, and I feel like it is weirdly overrated in canada like why people like it i it's don't it's the understand. convenience and it's just yeah, and easy I, to but, order and i fall into that a lot too right and i know you do too you're just like especially the closest the location, thing around right because yeah, always it's always tim there hortons. yes there you go always you sound like tim <laughs> hortons. Yeah, yeah that used to be it's uh yeah so I'll, there's a tim hortons at a gas station right near me which is like the worst possible tim hortons but like i'll go to it because i'm like I don't know. It's close, and I don't feel like Uber Eats. Like every time I Uber Eats a Starbucks coffee, I have to spend fifteen dollars, and it ends up being like twenty bucks. And I have to order two cold brews in a a sandwich or something to to do it. And I put one cold brew in the fridge for the next day or whatever. Um, So Tim Hortons, like I like their breakfast sandwiches. I like their bagels. uh, I like their like baked goods. Like I find Timbits are dope. Um, Like if anything at Tim Hortons is awesome, it's Timbits a honey dip Timbit is fucking perfect. It's so simple, but it's so good. Um, the Tim Biebs too sweet, too much going on. Do I still get them every once in a while? Yeah. When I went the other day, I was like, you know what? I don't need a box of 10. Give me one of each. I need three Tim Biebs and my Biebs brew and I'm good. Um, but yeah, anyways, this is just, yeah. The people I talked to a few people like, it was too bitter. And I'm like, y'all haven't had cold brew. Have you? (laughs) Like I didn't find, I found it like not as sweet as I expected, which made me pleasantly surprised because it just tasted like cold brew with a vanilla sweet cream, which I sometimes would get from Starbucks if I was feeling like a fancy boy, like if I need a little treat. Um, but uh, other than that, yeah, it's you love I that just
1: sweet cream.
0: I love the branding, and it makes me think about like what would my thing be, right? Like if you had Tim Biebs or Biebs Brew, what would the roar brew be or the whatever it would be called the mar the air the Mar march brew the and mochiata ah Something yeah like that. you like chocolate coffees i don't
1: no, I don't. I just was thinking something. We're that plain boys, right? Like,
0: a... like you still put a little bit of sugar in your in your. Yeah, coffee, yeah. I, 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 I like I to dilute it anymore. a
1: little bit. I mean, that comes from I think also just like my British background, where like even with tea, like Sweet I like tea putting and stuff. Um, milk and and yeah, um, my dad some loves sort of milk and sweetener. sugar. He
0: puts so much sugar in his tea every day. <laughs> it's,
1: like, yeah, it, it's one of those things where it's like I like and going back to why I also like iced coffee more than just like regular hot coffee is that it's the quantity of it you can get more into you quicker oh, quicker and yeah. you, you get that fix that you need to wake up or kind of keep going or what have you and then yeah with with tim horton's iced coffee it's 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 more of a convenience and i would say if and if anything like it's still bad and i don't want to like you know give them a positive necessarily but at the same time there is this weird inconsistency with the iced coffee it depends what time of the day you're getting it who's serving it and how much ice they put into it. Because sometimes when you get it, I love a lot of ice. I'm weird. Yeah. When you don't get enough ice and it's it's, the worst and it's kind of like like still warm. There's this weird, and, and, and I don't mean this in like, someone's pissed in it or shitting it but there's this yeah. weird kind of like yes it tastes soiled in a weird way because like it tastes, it's not weird. cold
0: and it's not hot yeah. it's this weird middle ground and then that's what's that's why i always go the cold brew man because the cold brew at worst is room temperature where if you order the regular iced coffee we're like gonna be 30 minutes into the show and haven't talking about movies at all i guess my what i planned on, to watch on the plane we did but yeah um This is the new iced coffee cast. Um, Why I don't go regular iced coffees? Because, again, acidity, number one. Number two, a lot of the times these places are just taking their hot coffee and pouring it into a container or pouring it over ice, which just melts all the ice and then becomes piss warm. And then, like, it's just (laughs) – it's, like, it's awful. Like And then you get, like, two little melted ice cubes and there's no – and you know what also makes me uncomfortable? Drinking iced coffee without ice in it. I hate it. No matter, yeah. even if it's ice cold, if the liquid itself is ice cold, but there's no ice in it, I feel
1: uncomfortable. There I needs to be it. something between you mm. and the liquid, like a filter. There needs to be like
0: this is getting borderline right now, but there's still you need that little.
1: No, d- do you feel that way when it's when it's melted, when it's gone, or do you just feel that way when there is no ice in general? Because like if Dude, there's I'll, ice in I'll it and it's that, melted,
0: I'll be put more ice in. Like I will oh, go to my freezer and get ice out and put it in because I need that little jingle jangle. I need it and I need it to be like really fucking cold when I drink it because if it even gets under that temperature that like is really cold I'm like this is off-putting to me where I'm just feel like I'm drinking coffee that was left out on the table and that's kind of what iced coffee is at Tim Hortons McDonald's. Uh, I don't know about Wendy's and stuff, but like Tim Hortons and McDonald's is like, you'll see them take the old coffee that they won't serve to people anymore and just dump it into the ice coffee thing. And I'm like, it's disgusting. And I'm like, I'll still drink it, but I'm yeah. just like, so wait, it's not good enough. Cause Tim Hortons is like, we make a new pot of coffee every 20 minutes. I'm like bullshit. Um, but if anything, you're just dumping that into the ice coffee thing and then serving it to these schmucks that drink ice coffee anyways beebs brew 2.5 out of 5
1: yeah same <laughs>
0: like it's I may i might go 3 cuz it was drinkable like would i drink it again i would not, i order it again no if someone gave me one i would drink it so that's kind of like at the 3 territory i feel like maybe 2.5 but it's
1: not as disappointing um, as the frostuccino but um
0: you know. see where I got hooked on those frosty chinos for like two weeks and I don't know what it was. Cause I agree with you. Not that good, but I think <laughs> it was the quantity. The, the Wendy's large is the largest large yeah. I've had at, at a fast food place. So they will give you a, it's like an American size large where it's like a bucket of coffee. And sometimes I want that dude. So what I started doing at Wendy's is I would order the frosty chino frosty on the side though. So I would get the cream, on the side and just have a black iced coffee so i could either just put like a little like a little bloop right in it where i'd like just get a tiny bit of the vanilla or the chocolate or i would just put my own oat milk in it and just not use the frosty mix and just have a regular iced coffee right um
1: matt roerbeck life hack
0: dude i've obsessed over iced coffee and i'm one of those people who we're both those guys who drink it year round i think you sometimes yeah. hot coffee it in the winter so, right? sometimes like, well it
1: it just depends like a nice hot french vanilla cappuccino um interesting i'm, like I'm totally yeah I, that's the so one yeah, thing okay. in tim hortons i actually don't it's mind. so sweet though. it is it is but it's a treat like you, yeah, you were mentioning like, like my it's sweet not, treat like, yeah. yeah it's it's not something i'm gonna drink all the order time. every day yeah. And I, I still I'm, like drinking tea. Tea, is something I find that is just comforting.
0: Um, do you just drink. drink it black, or do you put milk in? I put
1: milk in it. Yeah. I yeah. again, I've never. I don't like drinking anything. Like I don't like drinking rocket fuel. Basically, <laughs> like I can't. Right. I need something in there. To I was on a black it.
0: a black coffee kick for a while when I was trying to be healthier, which is not. I was just drinking like you said, rocket fuel, uh, sludge. But now I'll, I'll, I no sugar, little bit of oat milk or maybe sometimes just a, a glug of oat milk and then I'm ready to rock tea. I go, I raw dog it. Nothing in every tea. Just, I have to just other than the bag. Can, you love that bag yeah. slapping. Yeah. I raw dog and just bag it. And, uh, <laughs> that's how I go tea. And I am a tea guy. If I'm having a hot beverage, it's going to be tea. And it's not like I won't drink a hot coffee and here bringing it full circle. I'm going to Europe in, uh, tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> which i keep talking about
1: which keep saying um <laughs> well you're um, already there technically if, if no no
0: is. starbucks uh obviously no tim hortons uh they do have mcdonald's so papa the john's. only the i don't think they have papa john's in croatia well but, according to uncharted
1: um, it's all over europe uh, it's
0: in barcelona for sure yeah uh, is that where they were yeah well that's
1: um, where uh that's where uh uh cooper yeah Raph's uh, Raff, yeah.
0: uh x was go check out our cha-cha real smooth uh review as well as our light year spider head should be out now light year should be out later today if you're listening to this on monday um and uh they have mcdonald's but like iced coffee isn't like a huge thing over there especially because they don't have starbucks in croatia so they call it Ledena Cava. Cava is coffee. Ledena is iced coffee. So iced coffee, Ledena Cava. And it's hard to find. And when you order it, I think they look at you weird at most places. But McDonald's, when I was there three, four years ago, just introduced a Ledena Cava. So McDonald's iced coffee. Now they have a big version. Because when I went, it was this little dinky cup. All the coffees in Europe, tiny little cups. They're like espressos, which I love espresso. But... Even the iced coffee, I'm like, guys, you got to give me 10 of these and probably more than 10 and dump them into the same cup because this is not enough. Yeah. Uh, so I have to go without iced coffee for probably the majority of the trip unless I go to McDonald's every day, which not against. I had it for dinner tonight. <laughs> so So you okay. better enjoy um,
1: like – you, be- like tomorrow, you better get like your fill of iced coffee. Um, yeah,
0: but I also don't like having a giant coffee before going on a
1: plane too. Because you don't want to be that – If it was the morning – like- if yeah. it
0: was the morning, sure, but sometimes you never know, like with a giant cold brew, depending on, like you said, like the cold brew is dangerous as well because it's so powerful that you're supposed to dilute it with water when you make it, right? And yeah. milk and or whatever cream or, or whatever you're putting in it. Um, if you get that person who doesn't do it or forgets, it is it will kill you pretty much. Cause like I've had pure iced coffee. That's just concentrate that you can tell it's just so bitter. And and it just like kind of at the back of your teeth, you feel it, just your teeth
1: and like, and then then you like,
0: and then after you drink half the Trenta, you feel like you're fucking going to hit the moon because you're just, your fucking heart's going and like um you're, I'm kind of jittery and like nervous. So I'm like, I don't like being that on the plane. So, uh, or just in general,
1: that's the one, like, that's where, you know, you've gone too far and usually like, I think we've, we've gotten there a couple of times, like even during TIFF where you're just fueled on, you know, caffeine, but even though there's more caffeine in coffee and tea, I don't know how some people, you know, can guzzle, you know, like monster energy drinks and Red things Ball like and that. And same, yeah. because I had that once and it felt like I was having a heart attack.
0: <laughs> I used to, I used to, I'm still unhealthy, but when I was younger, even more so. Uh, when I worked at like GM and stuff like that, working midnights and and, and stuff like that, like I crushed sugar free Red Bull, like it was nothing, dude. And like, uh, and then I when I was in college, I would drink vodka Red Bulls, which is just the <sighs> worst thing you could possibly do. That is a deadly um, combo. And I had like heart palpitations at times, and and I'm like, I can't do this anymore. And then I stopped. But um, I will say I haven't had a vodka Red Bull in a very very long time. Um
1: what occasion comes up now that you would need
0: it? <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not in my twenties. Um, Eric, let's move on to uh the light year press conference that we attended yes. today. So uh Lightyear is being released this Friday, June the 17th in Theaters Everywhere. Picture Pictures. Picture. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh Pixar's <laughs> return Sounding like James Brolin. Um, yeah, uh Pixar's return to movie theaters. You guys can check out our review of Lightyear, which is going up today uh june the 13th at 5 p.m eastern if you're listening to that to this before then then you're hardcore and we appreciate you um Rock most likely you're listening to it after so our light year review uh should already be up you can check out our social impressions of light year over on our twitter account so matt roerbeck and em6211 i never know how that works because there's social reactions so Mike. like We can't really talk about it because the embargo hasn't broke yet for reviews, but you can go check out our social reactions, which I don't know if we can talk about our social reactions because then does it become a review? Anyways, we went to the press conference today. So we saw two different press conferences, one with the actors of Lightyear and one with the filmmakers of Lightyear. Um, And these things are always interesting in different ways, right? Like we went to one for Turning Red, which we talked about on a review for the Turning Red um, a few weeks ago or not a few weeks ago, I guess months ago now. And then, um, I don't know how time works, everyone.
1: Nope. Um, so it's just a flat circle.
0: Yeah. And, you know, you get some insight and some, you know, behind the scenes of the movie. I find them the most interesting when they get into the filmmaking aspect. So that's why the director and producer and, and, and musicians and, and stuff like that interest me a bit more. Than when you talk to the actors, because a lot of it, you know, it's a mix of marketing and, you know, real it is marketing, but like insight into the movie. So I feel like even in the actor side of things, um, it's a little bit more interesting when you they talk about the craft or them actually working on their with Pixar and the behind the scenes of stuff rather than kind of some of the more silly questions or things like that. But how did you feel overall? eric like i don't know how you want to tackle the yeah i mean the first
1: the first panel was the actors and uh eric davis of fandango um moderated uh both and um yeah i mean it 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 is what it is i think this time around with the actors being separated in different rooms it kind of takes away where the cast um was all together for turning red and and to your point you know the actors, the voice actors, come into the production much later um, than uh, the writer and the director and the composer or any of the producers. You know, they've been and a lot of the times. The they're just doing for, a job
0: too. Right? Yeah, yeah. Where
1: where where the directors, the, the writers, the producers, you know, the composers have been on the project for for years. You know, and they've been developing it for much longer. So their insights or their responses will be more intricate to the craft but also just kind of the insight of what inspired them or what they were thinking and, and what have you where the actors are going to give you the kind of like oh you know like this is how i read the lines or this is how i was you know um directed by uh angus uh, McLean and <laughs> in, in certain ways and also how you know this experience maybe differed from previous uh, voice uh, recording sessions because of the pandemic. You know, yeah, like that most... was the
0: most interesting stuff. So we yeah. should say it was Chris Evans, Kiki Palmer... Dale Souls, uh, Taika Waititi, James Brolin, and Peter Son uh, on the actor side of things. That and Peter Son's one. also and, an animator yeah. and
1: director and, director, and, and yeah. part of the Pixar crew, who, you know, the, the next movie that's uh, coming out, uh, Elements or Elementals?
0: Elementals, which Elementals, is directed by yeah. Peter Son. <laughs> yeah. So, so that was kind and, of fun. Too. And
1: I felt like there was a couple missed opportunities to kind of really get into like his whole legacy with kind of being a voice actor versus you know working mm. as a director but again you only have so much time and, yeah, and it's starting late as well so
0: and when you have this many people and i agree with you that i feel like and you could really tell in the second part which we'll get to when you know um the three filmmakers or people behind the scenes people were all together for their um press conference it it added some chemistry, it added some personality, it let them bounce off of each other, and it wasn't so hey here's the question for you here 's the question for you, even though that naturally happens, but I felt like in that first press conference which the digital I, I love this digital world because it lets us do things like this very easily, right we don't necessarily have to go to, uh, you know, they don't have to have a Canadian specific one in, in Toronto where only a, a handful of people show up to, uh, they can do this big thing where everyone's together and well, internationally, in the world, right? internationally, like Denmark, can, there was somebody yeah, from
1: Denmark asking, a question. ask
0: your question. Yeah. So that's great. And I think it's great for that. But then when it comes to the actual energy of it all and things like that, it can get a little like, all right, here's a question answer. Awkward silence. Okay, next person. Let's go around like the Brady Bunch and and go in the squares and ask everyone one question. Which is no one's fault, really. But like, it ends up. I don't know. Like they, they're the turning red one was so great because. All of those, all of the cast was in the same room, right? And you could feel the energy and the excitement from them all being a part of that project, and and kind of bouncing off each other's answers and different things like that. Where that was a little missing here, but like I, I will say, shout out to James Brolin who was just bringing it straight <laughs> and was hilarious because like they kept going to him and he'd be like. I don't even know what my role is, really. I haven't like, even uh, seen the movie yet. Yeah, he's like, I haven't seen it. I don't even know what Zerg is about. They just kind of told me, like, it's going to be... They let me not scat, but I don't yeah. think I did
1: anything, really, or that made it into the final <laughs> thing. Yeah, no, and, and I actually got to say, I actually found Taika Waititi to be more funny yeah. in this press Junket and conference than, than in, in the, the movie. film or in <laughs> yeah. like the last couple things, and again, a lot of these people, even though the cast of, of Turning Red hadn't really met physically before a lot of these people also hadn't met before maybe yeah. with the exception of chris evans and taika waititi because they both worked on marvel productions but right,
0: until maybe the premiere the other night right yeah, yeah
1: and 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 like peter Stone, like even mentioned that where like he only just met chris evans the other day and like the relationship between socks and and buzz lightyear is they're know, all playing
0: a, a, off of like angus mcclain the director yeah. or someone or, or recorded the voiceovers people.
1: yeah, yeah and so that is that's interesting and like like i think also i think it was um um uh uh, who plays darby again i'm just i'm blanking dale souls dale souls where she did mention something kind of interesting where like there's the speed of which you deliver lines changes and i think that's kind of interesting because i remember talking to ki hui kwan um about everything everywhere all at once and part of the direction that the daniels gave him with a lot of exposition is that can you say it even faster and so like that's just interesting in terms of just like a a speed exercise
0: yeah and i think that's what i got the most out of the actors uh press conference is were those little tidbits of the behind the scenes of working in the pandemic and and how that was so kind of challenging and and how you can create such a you know, whether they're great performances or, you know, just this wonderful movie, but all done remotely, right? Like it must be really tough to kind of act that way. Cause usually you'd get at least a couple people in the room together to do a lot of these recordings, like uh, just so you can play off one another and different things like that. And, and maybe that, you know, we haven't, our review hasn't been posted yet, but you'll see kind of some of our criticisms of the movie. And I feel like maybe the COVID thing was a part of that when it comes to uh, like the chemistry between the cast and i think they're all they all do a solid job but like that stuff was really interesting that they had to make this whole movie basically during covid and how the actors dealt with that like i thought the james brolin stuff was really funny peter son was great he's just like a normal dude who's like sitting in the and then pixar does that every once in a while because turning red also had one of their animators do a voice as well right and yeah uh, i mean or, they, yeah.
1: they've always had you know voice like if like even the uh the cook and ratatouille, like it's it's yeah. it's one of those things where like if it's it's usually a temporary voice track, but sometimes they'll, they'll keep like it, it in if it just yeah. works, you know, yeah. for the character. That's cool.
0: That's great. And then they moved over to part two of the press conference, uh, which was uh Galen Sussman, Angus McLean, and Michael Giacchino, uh, who are the you know, the director, the producer, and the composer. Uh, for the movie, and I think Eric and I all we always lean like we love actors, and you know i uh, you know we can 't have movies without great actors, but I think we always kind of lean more on the filmmaking side of things when it comes to movies like we 're big fans of directors and you know and and composers and different things like that like i think michael giacchino while we had a whole section of a podcast recently on him because it was like oh is he oversaturated he's working spreading himself too thin but i think he is one of the the best working composers when it comes to big kind of uh blockbuster filmmaking Um, and he's a bootlegger uh yeah
1: he records records, uh like he talked about recording as a kid like the, yeah, the entire scores. score and reaction from the audience and then listening back to it, which I thought was funny. So those videos where it's like, you wouldn't steal a DVD or meant for people like
0: Michael Giacchino <laughs> would steal a score from a movie because he'd have to wait so long to, for it to come out on tape or, or but whatever. there's truth but, to that because like back um, in the eighties
1: and, and early nineties, even like, you know, VHS wasn't readily available. Physical, physical media wasn't what it is now. The internet didn't exist. You know so you'd be lucky to come across it again unless it was on cable or you know there was a re-release theatrically of something
0: or you'd get the vinyl of something if you wanted yeah.
1: to score right if, um, if it was available like not everything yeah. got a, a vinyl release.
0: But I really liked this, you know, like I mentioned before, like I liked that all three of them were in the room together. Like they kind of played off one another and like, yeah. (laughs) And I just like, I loved hearing the, the behind the scenes of it all. Right. Like some of it is, you know, the typical stuff of. Why you chose it to be the movie within the movie kind of thing, which um, I do think is an interesting, you know, the differences between the toy Buzz Lightyear and this live action Buzz Lightyear in Andy's universe. Um, some cool, interesting stuff there. Um, and just seeing these three talk about it, Michael Giacchino talking about how he always wants to know the saddest part of a movie because that's where he likes to start is like the emotional core. What's the, the the most brutal or sad moment in the movie. And that's where he wants to start his score and then build out those more fun moments uh, from it. Uh, the sci-fi influences and in the, that they talked about that Angus McClain just was like obsessed with eighties sci-fi. And they always talked about this movie being kind of that eighties, nineties kind of sci-fi movie. So I felt the conversation was good between the three. I I liked this press conference.
1: Yeah. And Galen and um as well, yeah. who has been working. Started. Yeah. Yeah. At Pixar, we, you know, in the, in the lighting division when it was all technical and not. She um, worked on Toy artisans. Story. Yeah, yeah. And, and so like her talking about the progression of how Pixar has evolved and the, the technical capabilities. That was cool. so much better. Yeah. And, and just seeing like, like hearing that from somebody who mm. has been with the company for so long in, in, you know, a different, Position in different time and in, in working that and sort of now going from Toy Story to the the man behind the toy and her talking about that like I thought all oh, that was really interesting but then the best question was the last question which was which I was actually weirdly surprised that nobody talked about it beforehand or or mentioned it in any way like even with with Eric Davis um, the the this being the first you know Pixar animated IMAX feature um to actually use imax technology and not for it just to be enhanced in post-production
0: yeah i agree uh, great ask, question
1: you asked the question <laughs> I uh, did, yeah. which which i was laughing my ass off because it's like of course matt is going to, like like i was waiting I was like nobody's asking this and then when i heard your name I'm like i know what he's asking <laughs> usually <laughs> anything yeah. with aspect ratios it's it's gonna and, be Matt. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I um I was sitting here and I don't usually we've only participated in a couple of these like virtual press conferences and I was sitting here uh and I was had the same thought as as you where I'm like I liked the questions that were being asked, but like um I kinda like to get into it's not even super nerdy because IMAX is obviously very mainstream, very you know, it's a huge thing. It almost sounds like a very promotional style question of like telling everyone, Oh, it's an IMAX, make sure you go see it in IMAX. But like, I'm a big proponent of, uh, of the IMAX technology and full frame IMAX and, you know, 70 millimeter shooting things. Like I can't wait to see Nope because it was shot on IMAX film. And like, uh, I love aspect ratio changes. I love when movies play with that kind of stuff. And, um, and seeing it in IMAX was, I think something that was like, I don't know what the hell we're allowed to say, but like it, it, I needed to ask about IMAX essentially because no one was. And I was like, all right, I'm going to write a question in my Apple notes and I'll see if I like how it's worded. And then I just copy and pasted it um, into the Q and a thing. And I'm like, okay, I've never asked a question on one of these things. Maybe it'll get, asked, maybe it won't. So I submitted it and then, uh, things were going and I'm like, oh, they must not have, maybe it was too wordy or, or, or whatever. But, um, yeah, it was very nice to, you know, actually, Emma, Emma Badame also had a question from that shelf. Shout out to Emma. I, I recognized her name, uh, as well. Uh, but yeah, the IMAX question, they went into detail of, of, you know, it being the first, animated movie to be in full scope IMAX and and how uh, Angus pitched that to the head of Pixar and they were all for it and uh, they thought it was like a really kind of interesting thing to play around with and he talked about trying it in different scenes and how he'd be like no that that doesn't work at all they would go to the AMC at Metreon in San Francisco. And he's like, it was really fun because it was during the pandemic when no one was really, all the theaters were closed, but they would go into the theater to test this IMAX footage. And they talked about like, even the people at IMAX nerding out about it because it was something new for them. Right. Like I'm sure the Nolan stuff and everyone who's used IMAX film and that full scope mission impossible, different things like that's all really, really cool. But Uh, seeing an animated movie for the first time that way I think was probably pretty special for them so and it was for me watching it like for someone who is a fan of a huge fan of Pixar huge fan of animation and huge fan of IMAX um, I it was kind of mesmerizing like it opening up to that full scope and he even talked about the transitions between those scenes because that's what I kind of mentioned that it like seamlessly kind of opened and closed that aspect ratio really really nicely and um. I, yeah, I I was happy that they they asked that question, and I thought it, it was a good way to you know not pat myself on the back, but I thought it was a good question to end on, and it was kind of more of a filmmaking question for them and and stuff like that, even though it's a little. <laughs> pre in the in the it goes to the IMAX kind of thing but I, it is but something it, that it I will ties in
1: nicely as well with even that last question where like the history of Pixar where the yeah. idea that you know you had technicians working on it and then over the years like even when like one of the promotions for for something like Wally or Up was that they had Roger Deakins come in and consult on the cinematography and it kind of felt like that was a big deal at that point because they were actually looking at the shots not just as you know animated stills but as You know, camera angles and like from the point of view of what it would be like from, you know, a camera and how the lighting would reflect on certain surfaces or certain characters and how things should be lit based on what time of the day it is and like having Roger Deakins come in who, for all intents and purposes is probably the most famous cinematographer working it's like. OK, that brings not only a, a new form of legitimacy, but it, it's it's groundbreaking for the animated world to kind of include totally. that. And then with IMAX, when you asked that question, they talked about how this, you know, this is a, a strange new frontier for them to explore as well. And kind of, you know, this is an interesting stepping stone to see, you know, what they'll take from this into the future of their, uh, you know, their films.
0: I think it's so cool because like they opened up a world of possibility because I think it is really difficult to shoot with those big ass IMAX film cameras, which gives you that full scope IMAX. Like we are seeing a lot of movies shoot with the digital IMAX cameras that gives you, you know, a pretty large scope, but like doesn't open it up to that full, full, you know, one four um aspect ratio of of an imax screen so uh, well, even when with you Talk see on maverick
1: again right yeah, like the only... idea of the, those yeah. those small little cameras that go into the cockpit yeah where it's it's continually advancing totally there's a usefulness to it like it's not just because oh we can make them smaller it's like we need to yeah. make them smaller
0: and that works for that movie right but i would have also loved if it opened up to the full fucking scope like the like that would have been even better but there's no way you can fit that camera in A cockpit so they had to they have to make digital versions which still the clarity is is incredible and the scope is still very large you get that kind of one nine aspect ratio uh but i i don't know the one four it's almost like square uh like um aspect ratio of an imax screen when it fills up that whole thing there's something about it that is like oh I cannot get this experience anywhere else, like you can't imitate this at home like there's nowhere else I can kind of get this, like sure, there are other formats forty x Dolby, all these different things, and they all have their pros and cons, but and IMAX has its pros and cons, but like when movies open up to that aspect ratio, I think it is like one of the most mesmerizing things in in film, and for an animated movie to do that. Uh, for the first time, it opens up a world of possibilities because you don't have to use that big clunky camera. You just have to use that aspect ratio and have the clarity and use it like you would be using that big camera. Because again, like you mentioned, Eric, a great point about the cinematographers. And since they started doing that with Deacons, I feel like each movie they bring on a cinematographer, whether they are specialized as digital you know animation cinematography and different things like that like they talk about the cinematographer on this movie working in with the imax stuff and they i think now because it's all creating a 3d space it's not just 2d animated like you basically have the camera that can move anywhere right in a in a space and and you're still setting it up like a classic film camera where like you're blocking and different things like that so um yeah it was really really interesting and i I love the format and i i hope other animated uh movies see it and go oh shit we can do that can we like that's like that's if you're making a big like action popcorn movie like imagine spider-verse or or sony doing something really really cool and there's so many possibilities and i, I think it's really awesome
1: yeah it kind of it again like i didn't see light here mm-hmm. in imax but anytime i see uh, an imax movie and the aspect ratio opens up it, the, the 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 most recent experience i had that kind of felt similar or i could equate it to was when we went Uh, To the Jays game for your bachelor party and the the opening of the Sky Dome felt like when it was opening like it really kind of unleashed like uh, this this new I mean it would be terrible for someone like who's agoraphobic but like the way that it opens up it kind of feels like you, you are really truly being even more immersed into the world that you're watching on the screen. And and it's not just, you're not just (laughs) watching the movie you're experiencing it, you know? And
0: that's really kind of it. And we haven't had a ton of them. Like a lot of them are just Nolan, right? So you, you got to think like uh, movies that open up the full scope. Dune would have been the most recent example, right? Dune has full scope. IMAX tenant, obviously dark Knight, dark Knight rises, Dunkirk, uh star trek into darkness had a couple moments first man eternals did which i never saw in imax they yeah, it opened not. up to full full scope interstellar very a lot of similarities between um uh, that in and, and uh, light year and then no time to die i would have loved because they did shoot a bunch of that on imax film but because of the time it came out um we saw a screener of it and i i hope that comes to cinesphere eventually because it shot in imax for a couple sequences like full frame imax and i never got to check that out cuz i don't know if it really even played in imax anywhere close maybe it played Scotiabank, but i was i forget why i never made it out there but
1: well i mean um, timing as well i think is a is a big thing where it's just like yeah. sometimes you just you can't i mean i'm very curious to see how something like nope even though it's still a genre movie it's not necessarily science fiction or completely science fiction it's it's playing horror as well so like i would love to see you know other movies that aren't just like the typical like action sci-fi fair it's interesting oppenheimer
0: is is going to be in imax and that like doesn't necessarily seem like scream like a like an action movie or anything like that it's the first imax black and white movie um which would will be interesting and jarring
1: <clears throat> but, but i'm sure yeah. there will be something to it like i'm sure like th- there will be a sequence where there's like a testing sequence yeah. you know that kind of justifies That's like fair. oh why it's shot this way but yeah like it would it would be cool to see <clears throat> more animated movies more horror films more films that you wouldn't expect like even a drama like it would be interesting to see like how could you utilize you know IMAX cameras and the technology in a way that isn't just gimmicky that actually would open it up in a way that would be kind of interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. We were just talking about RRR and um, in certain territories, it had an IMAX release that opened up to one nine, which is like what Marvel does with all their movies. It basically just is full scope. It's basically one eight five, which is what your TV is or what uh, a norm, not exactly your TV, but what a normal, you know, normal widescreen. That's not cinemascope, but um. Yeah, I I would love that to maybe pop over to Cinesphere and then um. <clears throat> yeah, the other stuff that we know that like Light Years in one four three. That's the full IMAX scope. Avatar is obviously going to have a big IMAX release that is a one seven eight aspect ratio. Uh, Nope, ha- shot some stuff in IMAX seventy mil, <clears throat> and then I think Oppenheimer is going to be the next um, the next thing that's probably shot on IMAX film cameras uh 70 millimeter after nope so the rest is a lot of Marvel stuff that uses a lot of the RE uh digital cameras and different things like that which they keep getting better and better and and they look great don't get me wrong but there's something about that full scope IMAX that uh is mesmerizing uh but yeah that was a light year press conference that was cool to have a you know question read will I do that every time we go to one of these maybe but if I if there's something to ask about aspect ratios, probably, um, or something like that. But um, shout out to them. Shout out to Eric, doing a good job. Uh, not you, uh, Eric Davis. No. <laughs> you did nothing.
1: <laughs> I, I'm a piece of shit, yeah.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Uh, let's move over to Jurassic World Dominion. Talking Eric, about
1: big pieces of shit. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Matt, uh, I... Uh, if you do not see this while you're on, you know, your honeymoon and and wedding, I would not hold this against you. Nobody would, you know, you don't have to, but I know you're also a completist and you do love the world, but man your expectations need every to be zero
0: i know and oh, they are now dude believe me because everyone i talk to or everyone i see is like it sucks and i'm like fuck man like i've had people you gave it one star on letterboxd yep the kind of funny crew tim gettys i haven't obviously listened to their in review yet because i'm gonna wait to to see the movie but uh he said it was one of the worst movies they've reviewed on in review he's like it's there with with transformers the last night is one of the worst movies that they've ever reviewed
1: on on their show and i'm like fuck it's that bad it's It's that bad bad? yeah oh
0: my god i mean i would say that transformers
1: the last night is somewhat more memorable and that anthony hopkins is just giving like an unhinged performance where this i've heard is more dull yeah it's so boring i've never seen a film like we were talking about like watching this movie and like part of it is like you know the Jurassic World park franchise is very inconsistent you know uh, at
0: best the sequels are fine at yeah. worst they're pretty bad
1: <laughs> and and with this like it's almost like okay wait, this is the end of the world trilogy probably the end of Colin Trevorrow's involvement with the series you know your 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 it
0: definitely up. won't be the last Jurassic movie but yeah no no no
1: no because there's still money to be made but they'll have to really have have they just remake this thing they're
0: gonna completely. remake the original yeah uh, soon
1: probably. or they'll do a Which prequel sucks. to that when like john hammond is like creating jurassic park
0: we and, need like, his... a john hammond origin story <laughs>
1: exactly i wouldn't be surprised you know like them kind of like because like they, there's stuff in this that has like mm. the origins of the Young part hammond. from 86 that are like on these short little videos but um yeah like part of this like watching this movie like not only watching it but the people that were making it it both felt equally from both perspectives like an obligation than anything else and when you're watching you know the
0: paycheck for trevorrow after he's fired from star wars or
1: yeah and it's it's weird because tonally it doesn't really know what it wants to be does it want to be a spy film does it want to be an action adventure movie does it want to be not even a horror film, but like, it's not a Jurassic park or Jurassic world movie really. Like it's, it's kind of trying to be like a disaster film for the most part. Yeah. There's stuff in this where it kind of feels like Colin Trevorrow is, is is almost realizing that this is the end of the line for him. So I'm going to put everything I've always wanted to do in one movie, but everything I've wanted to do in one film is either redundant or just never really connects. And it loses focus of being, a fun, you know, B movie, which I think it could have been if it was directed by somebody else and there was a, a rewrite on the script. And then when you're bringing in, you know, legacy characters, that
0: that's what pains me the most when people say this movie sucks, and like, they're
1: all on autopilot, like yeah. all like Goldblum, Dern, and and Neil, like are literally collecting a paycheck, and the way that it cuts back and forth between their story intersecting with Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard and the events of Fallen Kingdom it's it's not interesting on either end um i think that the way that Campbell Scott portrays uh Dodson we got Dodson here um one you're going to laugh at a couple of callbacks okay, but sick. two, <laughs> they <sighs> they vilify somebody who clearly is on the autistic spectrum okay because they make him like socially awkward and he's not able to really communicate with people but it's just like let's make the autistic guy the 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 evil you know super villain who doesn't care about anybody and basically like will sacrifice everything for his own vision of the world and it's just like give me a break and then they retcon bd wong quite a bit in this where like they were kind of building him up to kind of be like the big bad for this movie and then they kind of go back on that and then there's stuff in this movie that i was laughing at and Mm -hmm. it was all at it not with it and it Mm -hmm. just gets to the point where the moments that are so ludicrous and over the top or kind of don't feel fleshed out are never enough to make you enjoy it because it is one way too long a lot of the plot is contrived a lot of the supporting characters are uninteresting um the people that they bring back are terrible or the people that they reference from even like the first jurassic world movie and where they are now is jimmy buffett (laughs) um not jimmy buffett but but a couple other characters um and yeah it's just it's a mess it is a dino dud on the largest scale possible. Not it's, that
0: I was expecting. It makes Fallen much, Kingdom like, look
1: like a master. That
0: work. that scares the shit out of me because <laughs> I fucking hate Fallen Kingdom, or at least I did when I saw oh, it. Oh, you'll but love like,
1: Fallen Kingdom after um,
0: this. Actually, to be fair to Fallen Kingdom, I hated the last act of Fallen Kingdom, like the last half of it. I didn't yeah. love the first half of it, but it the first half felt more Jurassic Park. Like, I love the opening of Jurassic world fallen kingdom. And I even don't mind the stuff of them going back before the volcano erupts, but like it, then it just goes off the rails with the, the haunted house kind of auction thing. And then when people say that, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm going to try to rewatch all five before I go see it. Um, whether I just throw them on at night before bed and stuff while I'm in europe but like because i would love to revisit them because i haven't done a full rewatch in a very long time because those sequels just you know i think me and you don't mind some of lost world and even jurassic park 3 isn't terrible it's just kind of oh it's
1: it's so much better after yeah that's what i mean like
0: everyone's like jurassic park 3 seems like a masterpiece and like even jurassic world seems like a masterpiece after this so like and each time i watched jurassic world i liked it less um, you know, I was riding on that nostalgia high when that movie first came out. Um, every s- subsequent you know, viewing of that movie, I'm like, all right, I see a lot of your guys' points. It's pretty stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like, and like I but it's at least still somewhat because it's just the first movie over again. It's your classic legacy sequel thing. Um, but at least where?
1: there had been some time between yeah, Jurassic Park Three exactly. and that movie, and that's where they should have brought back Laura Dern, yes. Sam Neill, and they Jeff should Goldblum. have all been
0: in World because then they've been like they've dealt with a the theme park fucking going awry. They could have incorporated them into that movie and it would have made sense. I don't know. Again, I'm coming from someone who hasn't seen this, but everyone I talk to who I trust, like me and you are pretty aligned when it comes to movies. Like oh God, there's the, so bad, there's man. the odd time. Maybe my expectations will be so low that I'm like, Oh, that wasn't as awful as everyone said, but like, that's the best case scenario in this. If I can give it a two or a 2.5, because my expectations are so low that I'm like, Oh, I was expecting this to be horrible. And it's just bad. <laughs> so it makes that's Roger where...
1: Corman's Carnosaur series look like a Hollywood blockbuster. So
0: Colin Trevorrow,
1: I think he's done after this.
0: Yeah, he's gotta be, right? Like if he's fired from a Star Wars, he makes Book of Henry, and then he follows that up with this, which again I haven't seen, but I'm trusting people that I trust. I mean, um, he's
1: a white male, so he could still. That's what
0: people up. keep saying. There's like no other, like no uh, woman or or person, a person of, of color, of color no. could fall upwards like he has, where he just makes like movie after movie that people are like this is awful and like um stop and like uh, trying to make a star wars movie and they're like this isn't working like um and we got rise of skywalker from that which whatever but could you imagine what it would have been if it was trevorrow right like the um, emperor
1: has returned (laughs) and it'd be like in this it'd be like the t rex has returned <laughs> you yeah. know like it's so it's so bad it's it like the callbacks and jo- like the reference... like the jokes when they are intentional are hammy in sure. in a, a, a non good way like they're not even good enough to be dad jokes and then the callbacks are so ludicrous in how they bring certain things back or reference certain things um, to the point where it's like man you are trying way too hard to kind of like incorporate everything that reminds you of the first movie where you could just be watching the first film at home and enjoying yourself because that first movie is that perfect first movie is so good it's that it has not with how, okay so what are there now like five sequels so
0: with, five sequels six total yeah
1: six total with those five sequels it still hasn't tainted how good that no. first movie is. And that's and saying something. the effects something in that first film are better 10 than... times better than <laughs> what's in Jurassic Park Dominion because it looks like they did it like five minutes before the film was released. It's uh, so bad. It's uh, so bad, man. It's so bad.
0: This pains me. And it's not like I was even expecting much. Like you just said, it's, you know, you see The Lost World, you're like – OK, it's not Jurassic Park, but like there's some stuff there. You know, Jeff Goldblum's kind of fun. You know, his daughter doing the gymnastics awful. The yeah. the scene over uh, the ledge with Eddie car RV bitten in is, half. Yeah, that scene is awesome, I think. Yeah. And then the last act kind of sucks when in San Diego. Um, there's nothing in this.
1: And there's some really horrible like things that they think are cool or like maybe Vince they're Vaughn setting the it third up one. for um, more. You know, Vince Vaughn's not in the third one oh second one yeah i'm thinking a, the yeah. second one yeah yeah because it's uh uh alessandro what's his name? nivola yeah okay who uh teams up with sam uh neil yeah in, in that one um with this as well like there's stuff where and william like, h macy right even yeah yeah even the, and, and tia leone um the, the way that they explore you know the world of man and dinosaur you know living Basically together or whatever cohabitating yeah like there's never there's never anything that's that's remotely interesting that you couldn't find in an episode of the flintstones that was actually sure. better incorporated <laughs> into how the even the live action flintstones movie yeah. has some more interesting stuff with like the dynamic dinos between and dinos man. And, and man and uh, person and humankind yeah. and and yeah. like you're watching it and you're thinking to yourself wow like there's a lot there's there's there are opportunities that you just either overlooked and like instead you have like this ridiculous black market which is which is basically you know, Colin Trevor being like, "I didn't get a Star Wars movie, but I'm going to do my Cantina weird thing here," and oh, like, yeah. it's just so. It is probably so following bad.
0: up on the auction from the last movie, trying there's, to play on that, right? Yeah, but, there's
1: a thing in this that is going to be the new nuke the fridge in the way that nuke the fridge was a part no. of um, Indiana <laughs> no. Jones: and the hey, Kingdom of the Crystal hey. Skull.
0: I don't hate Indiana Jones in the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull because here's the thing: didn't care about Indiana Jones, so I feel like I didn't have that like reverence for it to be mad about that movie where Jurassic Park I do. <laughs> so yeah. like, that's, I think the difference where um in Indiana Jones, the nuke the fridge thing never bothered me. And I actually kind of liked kingdom of the crystal skull because I just didn't, I don't care about Indiana Jones and I watched them all together. Like, cause I hadn't watched them when I was a kid. So crystal skull didn't bother me. Uh, all that much. And I kind of liked Cape Blanchette and I liked the aliens in that movie. So uh, I don't know. <laughs> but, um, anyways, I don't, I, I'm, I am going to see it in Croatia. I talked to Nevis about it today and she hasn't even seen the second half of Fallen Kingdom because Ooh. she, she bailed. So if everyone doesn't know that story, we saw Fallen Kingdom in Croatia, went to like a Saturday afternoon showing. Horrible idea because like every kid in fucking Pula uh, was there and, I think because of the, uh, you know, the language thing is they're reading subtitles, so they talked a lot throughout the movie because I don't think they needed to hear the dialogue; they would just read the dialogue, and then they're children, so they talked to one another. But it was very distracting to the point where I'm like, "We gotta go! I can't! I can't sit here." I can't watch this right now. So we left before they even get to the mansion in Fallen Kingdom. I went back after we returned from that trip and saw it in IMAX at Scotiabank by myself, like a month after it came out or two weeks after it came out, it was dead. And I was like, okay, I shouldn't have gone back to see the rest because it's not very good. Um, Where this...
1: This you don't need to hear or read it.
0: Like, am I, should I? Obviously I shouldn't, you're going to say, but like... If I you feel like to. I need to I feel like I need to and yeah, I I, mean, I'm go, sure there Go. I
1: I I think as as a fan of the the franchise and as a film critic and somebody who yeah. talks about movies regularly you still go have to, yeah. but don't have any expectations. No, sometimes. I have none.
0: I had none before this and then now I really don't have any. The book of Henry like,
1: is more interesting.
0: No, no. Oh, that's so painful. And I don't know what you do. You have to reboot it at this point. Oh like, yeah, just...
1: oh, like even like one character that they're kind of setting up as like the han solo of of this movie that's a new character and it kind of feels like like even when you introduce new, like new, new characters into a third film in general, it's, it's, it's a tough sell because it's Not like you're on ending a sixth one. <laughs> yeah. And, and when you're ending something as well, when this is kind of a conclusion <laughs> to this, you know, six film arc, if it is an arc, I don't think it really is. Um, it's like, well, what's the point? And the character, the way that like, she's kind of integrated into the, the story is just it's so lazily put together the script like again like it's all kind of like looking at it from an environmental point of view and like how the world is you know on its last legs and you know what can we do to save it or what can we do if we've already done too much to reverse the problems or at least course correct in some way and everything that it does it just literally shits the bed and that sucks because
0: that is a cool concept though like i think on paper when you think of the you know what these movies started as like oh what would like that's the end game so it's natural that this being the sixth movie the end of this franchise or whatever um that the dinosaurs have escaped they're in the world they're causing havoc we have to deal with that 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 is that sounds cool so it's just it sucks that they just drop the ball on all of that because i feel like that could have been could have been interesting but
1: yeah oh, well. and again like it kind of feels like like that first Jurassic Park movie could have been this or Jurassic Park three, but I think you had the right group of people working together at the right time you yeah. had Spielberg who kind of you know can elevate the monster movie or the genre film you know with his style of storytelling and kind of that whimsical quality that's never too sacrin and then you have someone like david kiap um who is a guy who understands b movies and then you have you know someone like stan winston who was an amazing yeah. practical effects animator and was working with cg at a time that again you were able to kind of mix the two and kind of still use You know, in camera practical effects for a lot of the scenes and make them stand out, but enhance them with additional cgi like there's nothing in this movie that's as memorable as you know the t-rex pavilion sequence in that first Mm. film or when dennis nedry you know sneaks in to take the barbasol can and put all the the the, the dna files into that and then it tries to escape and meets the dilophosaurus there's there's nothing in in this movie that is even remotely fun you know or memorable in any way it's also weirdly mean-spirited at times with some of its humor and references and like the clothing stuff in general is just terrible
0: i mean people rip apart that one scene from world that is just super mean to that assistant right yeah which
1: she was never even portrayed as a mean person so it's like what was the point of doing that and like it just kind of seemed almost like hateful
0: yeah I'll let you guys know what I think, uh, probably on Twitter. So at Matt Rohrbeck, I'll probably tweet about it once I eventually see it in the next probably week because I want to see it before the wedding, um, probably. And I don't know. We'll see. I don't know what other movies I'll probably see in in Croatia, but probably just that. I don't think anything else really, you know, Black Phone comes out while I'm over there. And uh, you want to see Elvis. Oh, I think we are going to see Elvis actually, because like the cool thing—I don't know if I talked about it on the show—but the cool thing about one of the small towns we're going to be nearby, or even staying in, uh, they have an outdoor cinema where um, it's open air, and <coughs> they play new release movies. But it's just like one showtime usually, and then they um, play something else a couple of days later. So I even saw that Jurassic world is playing there but i don't think it's playing while we're we're in the area uh but or else i would probably do that um but elvis is playing and elvis is one of those movies obviously boz lerman not really our guy i would say like neither of us are a huge fan although i am hit or miss with him like i don't hate him even though he is one of those filmmakers that i think are love him or hate him yeah. um so i am in that weird middle ground where i'm like not indifferent, I lean more towards. I don't like his style, but the odd time I, I don't mind it, even though it gives me a headache after every time I see one of his movies. Like, I don't mind Great Gatsby, I like Romeo and Juliet.
1: You love Australia,
0: uh, no, I do not <laughs> love Australia. Um, but like something like Moulin Rouge never did anything for me, and um, I've tried to watch Moulin Rouge a couple times, and I'm like can't do this but i think the 90s-ness of romeo and juliet works for me and that's why i kind of like that um and and gatsby like you know his shtick of being glitter and in your face and fucking spinning cameras and fucking close-ups and just fucking kinetic energy and and modern music in times where there isn't supposed to be modern music and like it's the same fucking thing and it sometimes worked and gatsby felt like a movie that you know it did kind of work for me um but i don't know about elvis like i i am curious which is why i think nevis and i are like yeah i'll go sit outside at an outdoor movie theater and watch elvis for three hours or however long tom it hanks and a um, ton of prosthetics yeah it's 160 minutes
1: Jesus oh that's Christ. the thing that scares um, me the most it's like especially if you don't if if the film isn't working for you and you yeah. know that it's almost you know three hours long. You're just kind of sitting there to yourself like, Oh my God, I still have like two hours of this. Yeah. You know?
0: Um, And then I'm going to miss, unfortunately the screening they're doing here of Marcel, the shell with shoes on. So I'll probably have to see that when I come back. Um, Man from Toronto opens ironically, while I'm not in Toronto. Um, I will be the man from Toronto in Europe. Um, but, uh, I don't think I'll watch that on Netflix, but black phone, I do really want to see, but I'll have to maybe watch when I, when I get back. So, um, and then Thor comes out right when we come back. So I was already like talking to be the in Disney July people. by then. I know, man. Well, like, I still, I don't want to get there yet. Cause I got three weeks of, of Europe that I would like to enjoy. So. Um, all right. Where do you wanna you wanna go anywhere next, or you just wanna wrap up, man?
1: What I mean, I talked about Jurassic World uh dog yeah, shit. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Did we
0: miss anything on the trailer or news side that we wanted to talk about?
1: You told uh, oh, me Duke about Nukem. the Duke Nukem. Nukem. Movie. Nukem. <laughs> oh <yeah. laughs>
0: I love Duke Nukem. And because it's the Cobra Kai guys, that uh I'm absolutely down for it. Um I don't think with anyone else I would have been. Did you um, play Duke
1: Nukem as a kid? I just oh, remember yeah. like the action figures and yeah, just Yeah, baby. Reading.
0: Wasn't it like or like I forget what Duke Nukem's catchphrase is, but
1: Yeah, but he was always kind of like like an amped up version of a Schwarzenegger or Stallone yes. or Bruce Willis in yes. kind of a video game form and like he had kind of cool <laughs> alien mutant creatures that he would kind of like blast away with his big gun. Yep. He was almost kinda of like a more beefier version of Ash in a weird way. Yeah,
0: a little bit. A little bit. And then it always reminded me, I feel like the early Duke Nukems no, that was Wolfenstein. I'm like, I know Doom and Wolfenstein always looked really similar because I remember playing those games on my like uncle's PC uh back in the day. And I'm like, playing I'm listening Playing it now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's great yeah it's great i can't wait we'll see i don't know who they get to play duke Nukem Well, john now. cena was originally Would, attached
1: yeah. to a version before i don't know if this is the same project but he kind of like fits that i
0: bill, could see that
1: physicality
0: of um, you just need a big himbo right like just yeah. I'm, I'm definitely down and probably somebody that uh, hasn't mm-hmm. been
1: used as much because obviously when you think of like that kind of body type you're going to john cena or chris hemsworth or someone like that right so, even
0: hemsworth almost seems too you know svelte like he feels like he's too trim like hemsworth is a big dude but he's more cut i feel
1: like where yeah where duke newcomb is like a guy that's just like, like the rock like, with ro- muscle. like
0: yeah like the rocks muscles you need for a guy like that yeah um
1: could you imagine I, The Rock with, like, that hairpiece, that buzz cut? That I would
0: Nukem love <laughs> it. Just make The Rock Duke Nukem. Give him a blonde hairpiece and just go for it. I actually think The Rock could do a really fun job with Duke Nukem. Yeah. Um, speaking of The Rock, we got the Black Adam trailer, um, which did absolutely nothing for me <laughs> i still want to see
1: this movie even though i agree with you that the trailer's not great it's i'm always going to be curious with jean Collette sarah like even jungle cruise which really uh, yeah. did nothing at all but i I just like him enough that filmmaker you know in terms of I'm with you. vulgar auteur um to see him do bigger and bigger movies you know like seeing films like house of wax which i think there's a lot of really good stuff in there like with the action set pieces especially in that third act with the with the wax museum burning down and like Orphan mm. being ridiculous as well with that twist yeah um and then like even with him progressing with the liam neeson movies like i think non-stop is actually a pretty fun like 90s throwback action film and um yeah like like the trailer i think Part of it is that maybe the CGI does not look great. DC's track record again has been kind of mostly miss, spotty. Um, yeah. And 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 again, like I'm, I still want to see it because that morbid curiosity. of, Like, is there going to be something in here that's going to be like kind of weird or off putting in a way that some of his other movies have stuff that's kind of interesting, or is this just going to be completely? you know, um homogenized by, you know, the the brand name of it all. And and I actually do really like the idea of the rock playing against type and not playing necessarily a hero. And yep. playing somebody who, you know, will do horrible things. Like even though I hate Doom at least The Rock in that was playing the villain. And I like The Rock as a good guy as well, but I like when he plays the villain. But I liked you know,
0: when he was a villain in WWE, I thought he was a great villain. Um, and uh, I'm I'm definitely intrigued. I think we've just been hearing about this movie for so long and the DC of It all like it does feel like a DC extended universe movie to me, like, still, yeah, that's kind of like even though we're seem like we're kind of past that where we were doing like individual
1: well, we're know, getting I, the Joker I, sequel.
0: I, so. I, well, I was gonna have to bring that up in a second, we'll get there. Um, that'll be you know the segue there. Um, but I I don't know. Like, it feels like something that was coming out around Justice League or Batman vs Superman or something like that. Like, I feel like even the Suicide Squad, while technically part of the DCEU, felt like its own thing, right? Where this very much with the Justice Society of America and, like, Hawkman and all the different heroes that are in this, like, it really does scream dceu to me which is not a good thing um and then that's kind of just the vibe i get from the whole the whole movie i love the rock you know i i don't think he's a he is a movie star through and through i think like i'm not going oh i gotta see the new rock movie like i just feel like uh, it's more like uh yeah i'll go see the new rock movie it's
1: more like you're happy he's there and you always like him as a personality and it's weirdly comforting to know that like oh, you know, every uh, year or so we'll get a couple movies with him and not mm-hmm. all of them are going to be great, but every now and then we'll get one that, you know, you'll enjoy or he'll enter a franchise that he makes a little bit better. And, and you know, we haven't gotten that in a while from him. Like we haven't gotten, you know, that interjection of, of you know, of Nas in the way that we got in, in Fast Five yeah. or we haven't gotten Because many... he's
0: been trying to do his own franchises, like starting his own shit, right? Yeah,
1: so. or like a subversive kind of performance the way that he I, I think he's actually really good in in Pain and Gain, and and actually yeah. quite funny in that movie. Or even you know like the first film that kind of really proved his worth in Peter Berg's The Rundown. You know like like those I like movies. The Rundown, Walking yeah, like, Tall. Like he he is he is a movie star. He is an action star. He's one of those guys that is very charismatic and likable, and like it's hard not to. But I also do like it's the same thing with Tom Cruise. Like I like when those guys can play against type a little bit and it's almost way more like interesting. Too, yeah. They're too afraid to now because they've gone too far in the, I want everybody to like me kind of, I got to sell my,
0: my tequila and I got to yeah. sell my energy drink and, and I, I got to sell, sell like,
1: my Scientology.
0: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's the one thing about the rock that sometimes I'm like, all right, bro, you got to slow down a little bit and you don't need to like sell so hard on everything that you're doing. Like I get it, but Um, the Zoa energy drink and the Terramina tequila or whatever the hell it's called. And like um, it's just like a little too much, like in every video being like, it's me the rock just drinking my zoa energy drink and having some tequila <laughs> it's just like all right dude not every instagram video like it's obnoxious in a different way or it's just, like cringy in a different way than someone like a vin diesel who feels very like sincere but strange where the rock feels well, he's kind almost... of more oblivious
1: to it yes all, the where the rock knows, knows what he's doing.
0: but it's still corny as fuck or it's a little like ah dude you don't need to sell so hard self-promotion on everything. i know and i get it you know he dives so deep into it that but I'm like, good for you, man. Like, um, and just thinking he,
1: Pierce Brosnan drinking his tequila. And if that
0: that tequila will show up in that movie, if Seven yeah. Bucks is producing it, then Terramina tequila will be somewhere or a Zoa energy drink. And I I know these things, I've had no interest in trying any of them uh but i know them because he talks about them so much
1: well it's the um, same thing with red notice like red notice had both his and ryan reynolds you know i know
0: that remember just, we had a whole segment of our review on that where God. it was like Ugh, no don't anyways joker 2 uh how do you even pronounce this Folie du um is is a thing and I don't know. A lot of people obviously hating on this and 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 shitting on it. Rightfully so. Well, I think it's um, it's
1: dealing with Todd Phillips again. Like I in, think in, that's what
0: it is. Like man. both you and I, and I know our opinions have changed a little bit based on him and and you know just the times and different things like that. I I don't even mind the Joker. I really liked it when I saw it. Uh, you know, it is a ripoff of of Taxi Driver and Scorsese and 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 a lot of things, but um, I didn't hate it. Uh, I've reevaluated it and, and how it depicts, you know, mental health and, and 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 different things like that. And I don't think that it's a, you know, a perfect movie by any means. But uh, it's definitely a movie that I did not need a sequel to. <laughs> and even if I even if I liked it, it's something that I'm like, I was fine with, you know, it just being what it is. And you know, hate it or or love it or someone something in between. It existed. It's there. I don't think we need to explore that version of the character more or have a franchise from that Joker movie. And so even from coming from someone who enjoyed the first movie, and I understand a lot of people fucking hate that movie. Fair. Um, And I think a lot of that comes, at least from me and you, is the Todd Phillips factor, which we even brought up during our original review. And and when we – it's hard to like that movie because it's hard to like him.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and 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 again, like Joaquin Phoenix is one of those actors that I'll watch in anything, yeah. and, and always be like, even if the material. I think he's
0: genuinely film. good in Joker, but yeah,
1: he's. I mean, he's a great actor. I'm also a little worried about him though doing this again because mm-hmm. of all that weight he lost and kind of looking completely yeah. emancy, uh just completely gaunt. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those yeah. things where. I, I mean, I'm I'm going to make the joke here because I mean that the, that subtitle is of two minds um i yeah. have always been of two minds with joker where i like it as it's a better than average comic book movie and does something a little bit different there but as a movie movie which it wants to be it isn't doing anything that martin scorsese no. didn't do in nineteen eighty yeah, two I or three agree. with the king of comedy you know um, <laughs> which i
0: don't think that there's anything wrong no with that, but one but... and
1: done is fine but you know <laughs> what the you know what the the, the, the deciding factor is it made money. so yeah, much it was, money it, yeah, it did know. so well it it was nominated in one one two won two oscars for score and nominated for best picture best picture <laughs> todd phillips got a fucking directing nomination that year the same year that scorsese did for the irishman and like even watching the round tables where like because scorsese was originally going to be an executive producer on the film but then left because of creative differences and like even the way that like Todd Phillips throughout the whole award season was trying to like get Scorsese to love him. Like a father that basically abandoned him as a child (laughs) and trying to win him back over was just so pathetic. Um, and now it's like, okay, I'm doubling down on this. And like, what 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 am I going to steal from to make this sequel? And like, even I'm with very the title, curious, it's like, yeah. am I, and I'm going, am I going to do like a Jean-Luc Godard thing where like, I'm going to try to make this kind of completely about the visuals. Am I going to, you know, actually touch on Batman being maybe the villain from the point of view of the Joker? Am I going to bring in a Harley Quinn? That, just- I
0: went the Harley Quinn route when it is the like of two minds or I forget what the exact thing is it's like projecting onto someone else or on what's well, the fallout like, boy album yeah right sure because that's what everybody's making fun of because <laughs> is it's that the what it is it's the, the same fallout title boy album, it's been yeah. a bunch of different things right it's pretentious yeah. as hell it's oh, just yeah. like and that's the biggest it's just problem like... Where, like
1: todd phillips i mean there i guess there is an earnestness or sincerity where like you could compare it to vin diesel where like what todd phillips is doing he thinks is greater than it actually is but the problem is more people are enabling him compared to vin diesel i mean people are enabling vin diesel as well but they're not giving him oscar nominations for a fast movie where it's almost like the awards for for todd phillips and to a lesser extent because i actually do like adam mckay more as a person it's almost like oh i'm gonna keep doing this and people are going to you know love me for it and it just it's it's kind of yeah. it's like yeah one and done fine a sequel to this we don't need you know i don't not I, I don't need another hangover trilogy but in joker form
0: we sure don't again first hangover movie probably doesn't hold up i haven't watched it in a while no. um
1: but there's a lot in of jo- transphobic humor in part yes two. i
0: feel like well two and three are just like again cash grabs and I, this is kind of what you know what this is even in an artsy way <laughs> But like, it's the insane. one that
1: he kind of resisted that which was interesting because i think now if he had made it like now and it was popular he would make a sequel to it it's old school because i remember like with the old school not a great movie either but like i remember with that i, like, I was,
0: loved old school haven't watched it in a very long time
1: same same I, I mean i remember seeing it in the theaters with with my brother connor and kyle and <laughs> our grandmother taking us to see it um <laughs> you're my boy blue, blue um but but with that like that was the movie where it was like, Oh, everybody wanted a sequel to that. And he never made a sequel and he wasn't interested in making a sequel. And it was like, okay, he showed some restraint there for whatever reason. Mm. But now it's like, yeah, I'll do a sequel to, to, to Joker two, or yeah, I'll do, you know, two other hangover movies, you know, it's like, his best stuff is when he he's kind of like I like
0: his Starsky for, and Hutch movie. That is
1: his best film. <laughs> yeah. And that I think is generally a fun movie. Yeah. Um again it's been a while since I've seen it. And it's not it.
0: taking itself too seriously, no. right? Like it is satire and it's just like it's 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 fun and like I don't know. Yeah, he is going that Adam McKay route, but like I agree with you that I like Adam McKay a little bit more. Um Yeah, yeah I don't know. I obviously will see it and it could be maybe i'll enjoy it like i did the first joke will
1: will it win the award at um, venice next time around we'll find out
0: (laughs) it'll play festivals again they'll go the same route that they went with with the original joker oh absolutely yeah it'll play can (laughs) (laughs) oh man uh other trailers we missed we talked about prey last week right F- or, or the, so, did we talk maybe? about the first teaser and now maybe the full the first trailer? Teaser, yeah. The full trailer is out. And I'm, I'm really in. I'm like, I'm, I'm definitely down for like a, it's not necessarily a prequel, but just, you know, it takes place in what, 1799 or something like that? Yeah, or in with the, the Comanche a, tribe. Yeah, or in the 1800s or something like that, or early 1900s. I forget. But anyways, um, it looks really cool, yeah, with the Comanche tribe taking down a, a predator. And I think that's like a really cool idea. I like Dan Trackenberg. I like 10 Cloverfield Lane a lot. Um, It's going to Disney Plus Star here in Canada. We got that press release confirming that. I think we talked about that we weren't sure um where it was going on the last episode so confirmed it's going to be disney plus here in canada it'll be hulu in the u.s um i i I would like of to see this in a theater like that it just feels weird seeing a predator movie at home i guess but i'm
1: yeah um, I, i but i'm not completely surprised either because you know talking about jurassic park and jurassic world predator has also been an inconsistent series i feel like we've talked about this before with jurassic park terminator predator Mm -hmm. these are all movies that at best are and i guess even with this joker conversation one and done you know terminator 2 is a a great movie and i like predator 2 i mean we've talked about predator 2 one of the greatest sweaty sweaty movies (laughs) ever made Um, but 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 you look at like what they've tried to do with the predator films since then you know with after with predators and 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 nimrod antel who now one thing we did mention with our stranger things uh review that he directed a bunch of episodes which i thought was kind of interesting um but you know they tried to remake that with with predators and it didn't really it was okay but like it didn't really do what they were hoping it would and Mm -hmm. like that that character even though the alien franchise can also be hit and miss i mean it the alien universe kind of is a little bit more well-defined where this has always just kind of been like, you know, put an action star up against, you know, a creature from another world. And like, you know the hunter and the prey and that kind of thing mm-hmm. and the selling point being you know Schwarzenegger versus an alien was the the big highlight of that movie but it was also directed by somebody who knows who knew how to direct action with john yeah. tiernan and then, and with then we were really two,
0: excited for the shane black one too and then that kind of
1: yeah because because again like you had the guy who was like the quintessential 80s writer and there's stuff in there that's okay but he just there was something about it that just did not come together and like even with all the problematic elements of the one guy that Shane black was friends with and like the reshoots as well. Like it did feel choppy at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it depiction kinda, like, of uh, Tourette syndrome Tourette's, specifically, yeah. which is, yeah. Like, again, I love Thomas Jane, but like, he's one of, it's like, that was more so on, I think Shane black than it was the performance. I agree. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it was just one of those things where it's like, if, if someone like Shane black couldn't do it, you know, I'm I'm still excited for it because, again, to all the points you already made, but it's something where it's like, you know, my expectations are... are...
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, are lower. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I hope it's just kind of fun. I mean, like, I like that I they're like even the not concept. branding
1: it as, like... The predator, yeah, it's prey. called prey. Like it's, just, like it's great, prey.
0: yeah, prey is great. You just lean into that and like, <laughs>
1: prey is uh, great, guys. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I, I feel like maybe to our point of the predator sequels have not been great, so why rely on that name? Just call it something different. Yeah, it's about one of. Don't you know, hire Adrian Brody
1: as your action star. <laughs> yeah, that was you weird. Know? Um, I agree. And, and, weird choice. <laughs> and the other thing is, make it sweaty.
0: Oh, it's god, gotta be it's sweaty gotta be this sweet. movie's gonna be sweaty we need you, you more
1: action movies to be sweaty. sweaty
0: like top gun the original and and, and predator 2 and breakdown just, with kurt yeah, russell good shit. just
1: we, just make it oh god hmm. i miss sweaty movies <laughs> yeah
0: come on everyone's so clean and pristine we need to you make know? everything
1: glisten uh, you know,
0: talking about sweaty the Munsters teaser um dropped i watched that which was i i'm intrigued by this just because rob zombie doing a PG movie um about a Dragula! Like, yeah, do it about like a an old TV show, but it's got all his regulars in it, and it's it I'm so curious of what what this is going to be. Like I just can't fathom a PG Rob Zombie movie just because yeah. of everything he's ever made. Um so I'm I'm genuinely curious for this because of that. Hi Nevis um so yeah
1: i i agree with you like i i don't like rob zombie that much i mean he is super obnoxious and his characters are always at 11 but um there is something where it's like seeing him work within those parameters of like a pg rating like family
0: movie kind of
1: yeah something that he grew up with as well yeah i mean i really i also watched the monsters as a kid um and really liked fred gwynn um as the lead like fred gwynn i guess would be known to a lot of people now in our age range as as um the old man who warns uh, the family in pet cemetery that pet cemetery that lives across the street um and oh he's also uh, the the judge in um uh my cousin Vinny. oh okay cool. so yeah so I'm he was the original it. uh yeah um the, the the head of that family um yeah, it, it's one of those things where, like, I guess it could end up being, like, an Eli Roth thing where, like, you yeah. know, he did the house with the clock and it's in, in the walls. Yeah. Um, so it could be kind of like, oh, maybe he's better at making kids' movies where, like, everything is over-exaggerated than he is doing, like, these yeah, metal his style, films. Yeah.
0: <laughs> his style might lend itself well. I don't I don't know. I, I'm I'm intrigued. Um, but Dracula
1: has to play because that song is based – that that title, Dragula, is the yeah. car that they drive in the monsters.
0: Oh, so he's been a huge fan. Yeah, like yeah. you said. So, uh yeah. Brrr, do the I hope it does. Uh, I'm all for that. Uh I think that covers trailers. There was a new Nope trailer, which I have not watched. I I'm, saw I'm it trying. because
1: I saw it before Jurassic World. Uh, uh, okay, thoughts like – michael wincott's back baby yeah i, saw I you am tweet that. so excited for him <laughs> like that he is one of those character actors in the late 80s into the 90s that was ubiquitous he would pop up as a villain or a henchman character in so many movies has an amazing voice um always good um always adds something to the film from toronto from scarborough specifically yeah um i love him and and he hasn't done uh a, a feature in a while so it's it's great to have him back interesting and,
0: he was yeah, in I, ghost in the show yeah he
1: so he's yeah. and it was a reference to the crow so at the beginning okay. of the ghost in the show when scarlett johansson infiltrates that one sort of um meeting that's going on he's the guy that gets pulled away away by the robot okay so that was kind of like the last and it's an uncredited role as well yeah weird interesting but like yeah, like, he was, like, the captain in Alien Resurrection that gets killed off uh, pretty quickly. Um, yeah. He's in Training Day. He's He's got, like, this really kind of, like, gruff but weirdly i'm gonna say sensual voice like it's just kind of soothing but like kind of like there's something seductive about it he's always good and i just i like that guy a lot so
0: cool man yeah how was the trailer i I didn't want to watch it It was good it
1: reveals i think too much yeah
0: that's why i'm not watching it because like we're so close now and i feel like with us i might have seen too many trailers and things like that i'm trying now To not watch final trailers unless like I watched the the love and thunder one, but like that doesn't bother me too much. But certain movies where I don't want a ton of plot or a ton of tidbits to be revealed. Like I know it's about aliens. I've seen the new TV spots and stuff like that where the actual like uh, you see the UFO and stuff like that. So which I'm sure is in this trailer. But um, yeah. There's I'm, there's a lot,
1: but but again, like the trailer is also trying to like maybe there is some misdirection because the trailer yeah. keeps saying like it's not what you're thinking. And oh, okay, like, it kind of looks what I like what, <laughs> what you're selling me on. It looks like it, but yeah, okay,
0: <laughs> sure. um But there is I, something
1: in the trailer that I also really like that they they weren't showing a lot of before that actually makes me more excited about the movie cool. overall that also includes because Michael Wincott wasn't really in the, the other first trailer, teasers, yeah. and he's in it a lot more and like what he's what he's doing is actually really <laughs> I'm really excited about this okay so, cool yeah, yeah
0: I'm very down the IMAX stuff like we've already mentioned really and Kiki gets Palmer, me going too
1: right like yeah, you know having you a really good summer with Lightyear and, and now this oh,
0: both okay. IMAX movies there you yeah. go um i'm uh, i'm very excited i hope they screen it in imax for us they have to if they're, yeah, they're making they it will. they're making it such a big deal that it's shot on imax film that i hope i hope our screening is in imax and if it's not i might wait to see it in imax love Stephen yun love daniel kaluuya love kiki palmer like you're saying like keith david's um, in it oh keith david's in it too nice oh yeah
1: oh yeah. hell yeah
0: talk about um, another
1: great voice you could yeah. have a whole movie with keith david and michael wincott talking to each other yeah. and it would be amazing
0: i love it uh anything else that you want to talk about before we no go? i actually have yeah. to wrap oh shit yeah you do okay so let's wrap thank you everyone uh i totally forgot eric has to do an interview so uh yeah that's it that's the show uh we'll be back in a few weeks probably um like i mentioned a million times i'm going on vacation slash getting married very excited about that i'll be gone for three see weeks Jurassic
1: World Dominion uh, yeah
0: i might see Dominion in Croatia it's a tradition now um but uh love you all we'll be back in a few weeks i'm sorry we'll be a little bit quiet but we will have some stuff randomly dropping throughout some interviews some different things like that Uh, so go check out our reviews for Lightyear which should be up soon if you're listening to this right away but there should be reviews up for Spiderhead uh, and then also Cha Cha Real Smooth this week as well and then you'll see some interviews dropping here and there for Lightyear and maybe some other things so keep an eye out for that just head over to Letterboxd Untitled underscore movies for everything that's kind of your one stop shop Uh, as always my name is Matt Rohrbeck you can find more of my work around the internet but mostly at UntitledMoviePodcast.com and you can follow me on all those social medias if you want to see on my vacation shenanigans
1: and marriage shenanigans
0: uh, at matt roerbeck
1: and i'm eric Marchion. uh you can find more of my video reviews and interviews on rogerstv.com slash cinema scene and on all the social medias at em6211
0: until next time
1: congratulations matt nevis dragula <laughs>
0: thanks buddy see everyone <laughs>